seven and two. Man, this team is fun. The Giants come back from the bye week in style, running it down the throat of the Houston Texans. Saquon ran for 152 yards, leading Big Blue to a 24-16 win. We'll talk about the win and Saquon's comments after the game about wanting to be a Giant for a very long time. It's all on a happy Victory Monday edition of Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. And it's presented by your Tri-State Cadillac dealers. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jones, swing pass, catch made. Cager's got the angle. Touchdown, Giants. Forced to throw, coming back for it, breaking a tackle. Slayton, catch and run, down the sideline. Slayton, twirling, touchdown. Give it Barkley slams it in there for the touchdown. It is the best start to a season for the New York Giants since 2008. The Giants, 7-2. They get the win over Houston, 24-16. I want to be a part of a team that creates our own legacy. Welcome to a happy Victory Monday edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast on the New York Post. And this episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Those highlights you heard are courtesy of CBS. You heard Big Cat Leonard Williams at the end there talking about a legacy he's trying to build after the Giants win again. That's their seventh win. Seven and two. They beat the Texans. 24-16, we're here to react to it. I'm the podfather, Jake Brown, alongside Giants beat writer for the New York Post. You know him. His name is Paul Schwartz and our two-time Super Bowl champion kicker, the Scotsman. Cue the bagpipes. That's Lawrence Tynes in the building. Andrew Hartz is along with us. No guest today. Lawrence, will kick it off with you. The Giants win their seventh game, and it's another game where you just don't really look at the team stats because The stats might favor the Texans in this one, but this was the ground and pound show with Saquon Barkley. I think he just ran for the 47th time while we're recording the show. The Giants get it done and they're seven and two again. Not pretty, but a win is a win, baby. It is. It was kind of pretty. If you like running the football, it was tough going early for Saquon. I think I looked early. He had 11 carries for maybe 11 yards, something like that. 15 yards. And he popped one, then he got going. But kudos to this coaching staff, man. They kind of know what they have to do every week, and they do it. They execute it. And then, obviously, we'll talk more about the game in detail. But, man, listen, 7-2 and is a pretty solid record in this league after nine games. Giant fans should be really excited about what's in store for this team moving forward. But it was a fun game to watch. You know, I enjoy watching. You know, they have a nice back, too. So it was kind of good to kind of watch the running game. If the Giants have eight offensive linemen on the field at one time, right? I mean, this is not what the NFL is supposed to be about, is it? I mean, at times they had three jumbo package offensive linemen on the field. It was incredible. And as Saquon said, you know what? They knew we were going to ran it. We ran it. And, you know, it's fun. Um, I like what Daniel Jones said. He was asked, 
what is it like? What does it look like to sit back there and hand a ball off 42 times? And he said, it was fun. Yeah, it's fun, right? Hand the ball off and get a win. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, it saves him from getting sacked. It seems like every 10 drop back, he goes back, he gets sacked. But the funny thing I heard today on the TV was uh, 65, 77, and 78 are reporting eligible. I was like, I've never heard that many people reporting eligible. And that was when I counted and me and my son were watching eight linemen. Eight offensive linemen, and they got stuffed for a two-yard loss. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. First of all, it wasn't like that jumbo package dominated. And and your friend and mine, if this happened back when you were playing with sixty-nine reporting as eligible, Rich Seibert, and there were two other guys eligible, you know, the legend of Rich Seibert would have been a little more difficult. It was always only him eligible, right? Not two other only guys. Only sixty-nine eligible. Yes, but I mean, look, they they. This is not what Brian Dable was built to do. He has adjusted. This is not what Mike Kafka was built to do. He just came from where, right? Where you live, Kansas City. Yeah. They run the ball 42 times in, in, in a month, you know, not, not in, in one game. So look, you adjust to what you have. I don't think he trusts his receivers, certainly. We'll get into that. I don't think he trusts these guys to pass block 40 times a game. You run it, you play a crappy team, and you win. Fine. And here's what's fun about this game, guys, is, yeah, this was a 47 for 191. It was Saquon 35 for 152. But it also featured a little bit of uh, NFL history, at least this season. Daniel Jones with the highest passer rating of any QB in an NFL game at 153.3. Lawrence, efficiency, 13 of 17, 197, 11.6 yards per attempt. And guess what? The Giants may have not made a move at the trade deadline, but they did. They got Isaiah Hodgins, who even contributed with two for 41. So while this was the run game and it was built on the run, we still saw a very efficient Daniel Jones throwing once again to a guy like him, a guy like Lawrence Cager, who has the first touchdown. You may have not bet on that in your parlays, but everyone and anyone is contributing to this offense. You know, there's a cool stat running around the NFL now called adjusted completion percentage over expectancy. It's a big, long acronym. I don't know where to find it, but Daniel Jones is, you know, you mentioned 13 to 17 with two drops. The first one, I can go 50-50 on that one. Obviously, the second one to Galladay. But he played well. He threw the ball when he had to. He made some big-time throws, converted on third down. They were terrible in the first half, obviously, on third down. Second half, much, much better. Uh, They loosened up that Texans defense. Saquon got some chunk plays. But, yeah, happy for Daniel. You know, he keeps making enough plays. He had two touchdown passes. Uh, They got bailed out again by a holding – by a a, a call. And then – I mean, it's weird, right? How many times they keep getting bailed out by penalties? This game was actually closer than maybe the score indicates, in my opinion. You can only do what you're asked to do. I mean, they only asked him to throw it 17 times. I think I counted. I remember there was one poor pass, right? He he threw behind Slayton, who was wide open. I don't know if there's miscommunication there. I just think it was was a, a misfire. You know, it was it was a fastball that was, you know, high, high and outside. Okay, that's the one. So and another thing, you know, in, this was 7-3 at halftime, and the Giants were doing so many things where you look back and said, bad special teams, kind of dominating on offense, but not scoring after that first drive. You know, there's so many games when the Giants were bad, where it was like, well, they had a really good first drive, and then there's nothing after that. And I'm thinking, boy, this is all the sense of this letdown game and things like that, but there was never that turnover, right? Daniel Jones, six straight games without an interception. There's always something and you say, oh, there we go. You know, so when you don't do that, you give yourself a chance. Um, you know, Daniel is just going to be such an interesting guy after this season. You know, it's going to be really hard for them to not say you're our quarterback going forward. 
That contract will be fascinating because his numbers are not going to be great. The win total looks great. And, you know, a game like today, I mean, you know, he did a tremendous amount without running the ball much, right? Because teams are taking that away from him. You can't be much more efficient than he was today uh, in a game where they were leaning on the run so much. I mean, it's always a little something different with Daniel. And this was this was a less is more kind of game. Very impressive, I think. And we're seeing that across the New York football landscape. When Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones do not throw the ball a lot, they win football games, just run the football and, you know, let's talk about the slate in play because that was kind of a whoops. It just happened. Daniel almost got sacked. He, I thought he was going to turn that over. Slayton gets the ball and then missed tackles. And then he just takes it down the sideline. Slayton has stepped up as kind of the number one for this team with, you know, Kenny Galladay not doing much. And that was kind of one of those lucky plays that just ended up working out. Yeah, that's football. I mean, Slayton has kind of just hung in there, kept his mouth shut, kept his head down and kept working. And, you know, he'll play himself into some money. He's a free agent at the end of the year, another free agent um, that you're going to have to pay money to if he keeps continuing on this trend. I mean, he actually played really well. And obviously we talked about the mispass that Daniel had. He could have had well over 100 yards today, but Wandell shows up early, then vanishes. I don't know what happens in games. You'd like to see him. He's so, you know, such a nice little piece. I think they just haven't figured out really how to use them when they shifted him into the backfield in the game and handed the ball off to him. And he tried to go, you know, run backwards. And I'd love to see him run routes out of the backfield. Cause I, there's not a linebacker that can run with him. You know, his short area quickness, he could run kind of some of those cool little angle routes that, that get open pretty easily. So I'd like to see that maybe that's coming, but they got to have to get, they're going to have to get creative. I mean, like Paul said, when they, when they have to drop back 25 times, Daniel gets sacked five times. You know, I feel like the edges are, are okay, but the, the pressure is all coming from up the middle. And they, you know, he's still taking too many sacks, in my opinion. I don't I don't think with a run game this strong, you should be getting sacked as many times as he does. But they continuously give up sacks. The one at the end of the game was actually a very smart play, right? If he throws it out of bounds, which I was yelling at the TV, and then I said, oh, well, clock stops. So he keeps the clock moving. I, I'm okay with that one. But overall, you know, Daniel Jones, it, what do you say? You know, it's going to be interesting, like Paul said at the end of the year, what do you do with them? Well, how much money do you give them? You're going to have to have all kinds of incentives in there and all kinds of cool stuff, but certainly you'd like to see the Giants keep them. You know, one more thing about the Slayton play, Lawrence, I'll give you props because you mentioned, you know, in, in the lead into the show about their rookie safety, Jalen Petrie, you know, who you said was struggling. Now he, he came flying in and completely missed Slayton on that play, you know, and, and I, and Slayton was really funny because he said, you know, he was asked, what were you thinking as you're running down the field, down the sideline? And he said, well, I tell everyone that I'm fast. And I'm thinking, well, if I tell everyone I'm fast, they better show I'm fast and not get caught. He didn't get caught. I mean, he's probably the only Giants player who could have done that. And he did it. And you're right. He's a guy who was buried. And he is he is risen. I'll tell you that much. He is risen. Jesus has risen. Uh, Slayton has risen. You know, Kenny Galladay, you know, they <laughs> I tried. I don't know. I tried to will him. To you were greatness. his cheerleader. What happened? I was. I had the pom poms. <laughs> I even had a 19. No, I don't have a 19 jersey. But. Lawrence, I tried to tell you, didn't I? I tried to warn you. But he, he I didn't know he had lost his hands in all control of his extremities. Man, has he lost every bit of confidence he has the first one it was kind of a tough tough catch i know obviously when you're making that kind of money you got to lay out and make that catch the second one was a big chunk play and man if he could have got that in his arms and kept running that could have really done a lot of good for his psyche but that was just a flat miss of a football and that changed the momentum of the game and then what was interesting is 
You never saw Kenny Galladay in the second half. Brian Dable is not playing. Like, he doesn't care. Two drops, he basically said, you're done. And then, obviously, we saw Isaiah Hodgins, who's basically a younger, springier, faster edition of, of Galladay for 175th the price, you know? <laughs> Well, that, what, what Dayball does, which is great, he buries you. He, he buries you on the field, but not in the media, right? He was asked, you know, what about Kenny? He said, we just made a decision to play Isaiah. Simple as that. So he doesn't rip Galladay. Now, Galladay, to his credit, faced the music in the locker room. You know, he could have been out of there quick, right? He faced the music. He said the drop was definitely unacceptable. And he said it's just a low moment of his career. You know, I've said all season he's not a bad guy. But he has completely lost it physically. I mean, now on the drop, he clearly got open. So that was mental. It was just mental. It, it was harder for him to drop that ball than it was for him to catch it. But you know what? I don't think they will bury him. I mean, I think they will give him a chance in, in practice this week. Well, against his against his former team. I mean, and, and also, I mean, they don't have much in reserve. So maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I just I don't see him doing anything big because he's just not physically able. But my God, I mean, that was a shocking drop because it was it was it was it was like I said, it was in his you, you almost felt like that was the play that was going to get him going and whatever get him going means three catches for 44 yards, whatever. But that that's huge for this offense, right? If you add another 40, 50 yard type of receiver to this offense, I mean, they can put up points with that running game, obviously, and then Bellinger maybe coming back here in a few weeks. So that was just unfortunate. And yes, I will wear the clown mask the rest of the week. You were asking about adding a player to the offense. Is that where I transition to Odell Beckham, or do we just not mention him on today's show? Or Sure. Odell Beckham is always new, so we can. You know, I saw a guy playing for the Chiefs today that I thought might be good in a Giants uniform. I saw he scored it. Oh, oh, was that who it was? He was uncovered. His first touchdown. Congrats. He was uncovered, for God's sakes. He ran a fake. fake, Yeah. Yeah, he ran a fake jet sweep. Patrick looked for six other guys. Then he looked to his right and saw Kadarius over there doing like waving his arms and he walked, hopped into the end zone. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes looked to his left and saw seven guys on Kelsey and said, okay, I'll throw to that guy. I don't, I'm not sure of his name, but I'll throw to him. Yeah. Which, you know, listen, good for Kadarius. That's, that's fun when you score your first touchdown. And obviously he's in a really good offense right now. He now has more touchdowns than young Joka has hit singles, rap singles, at least that I've seen hit the charts. Saquon was interesting after the game. We got to talk about this because him and Odell have come up. They've asked him what it would be about Odell. He's like, I don't need to sell it. We know it's OBJ's OBJ. That was a story all week. His his narrowed list includes the Giants on it. We'll see. The Cowboys are on there. Some other teams. It would make a hell of a story. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but we'll see. He's also not even fully you know, on the field yet. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen until December. So we're still a couple of weeks from that even being a possibility, but Saquon after the game had some interesting things to say. And I know Lawrence, you can relate to this uh, in terms of contract talks and during a bye week. I mean, I think I kind of been vocal about in before contracts was even brought up about how I feel about this place. Um, boy, I want my legacy to be in this place. Um, and I want to be a giant for life. And like I said, I've, I've been vocal about that. So, you know, if the conversation gets brought up again and we'll go from there. Lawrence, what do you think? Saquon, a giant for life. And uh, tell me about your uh, contract talks during a bye week. Yeah, I mean, I, I I totally think Saquon should be a giant for life. You know, he what he means to the city, how well he's played. The thing I don't like about in-season negotiations, especially for a player like Saquon, right? My, I mean, kicking contracts and running back contracts with 
that kind of money and injury history and all the other things they're going to try to do to knock his number down. You just seven days is not enough time to get that even remotely close to the finish line. So then hopefully, and I hope Saquon's agent's a smart guy. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he didn't present a number to Saquon because, you know, these things can get testy. Your ego gets in the way, you know, you don't want to piss anybody off. So mine was very similar in 2012. I mean, I they wanted to talk. So during the bye week, we talked and it was okay. But obviously I kind of played the yes, rest of the year kind of angry and not angry, but it's just like, man, but that's what teams are supposed to do. They're trying to get you for the cheapest price. You totally get it, but your ego just gets in the way. So I don't like the fact that maybe they did engage in contract negotiations because like I said, there's no way in hell you're going to get even remotely close to getting a deal done with Saquon's agent in one week. You're just not. I want to follow up on that because you said you played angry. Do you mean like you felt like you had something to prove the rest of the year or you were mad at the franchise? Well, you get mad at the team, right? Because they don't appreciate you, right? That's what they, they appreciate you with their checkbook. That's pro sports, right? Everyone wants to get paid more or their worth. So when they don't offer you something you feel like you're worth, then you're just like, well, man, this this organization doesn't like me, and that's that's really not the case. They're you know they're just trying to get you down for a cheaper number. So, yeah, and I'm sure well Saquon obviously you know I don't know if he played pissed off today, but he can keep playing like that with 35 carries. So, but I hope they get him done. Obviously, that's going to be a complicated deal. Whatever happens at the end of the year. Look, they talked to a few guys. They talked to Julian Love. Didn't come up with a deal. I don't know if they did uh, Dexter Lawrence. They would have been smart to sign him two days ago because every game he plays, his price is going up, isn't it? Now he's signed for next year on the fifth-year option. Saquon's going to be an interesting story. Like if I would have to bet right now, will he be a giant for life? I would say no. I mean, most guys are not giants for life. You weren't, Lawrence, right? I mean, obviously you came to the Giants, but you didn't finish with the Giants. OC didn't. Tuck didn't. You know, a lot of Super Bowl guys didn't. Strahan did because he was at the end of the line then. Great for him. Uh, Tiki did because he retired. Eli, it, it's well, Eli's Eli. Yep. I don't know how many years Saquon's going to play. He's only what, 26. What does this next contract look like? They can franchise him for like 12 and a half million next year. He wouldn't be happy with that. It's good money, but it's not what he wants. It's not the guarantee he wants. The beauty of it is it'll play out. You know, it'll play out. Do the Giants finish with 12 wins and win a playoff game? Does Saquon go for 1500 yards? I mean, you know, we're, we're only at the halfway pole of this race and he's been great. And you know what? I bet you Saquon in his mind is thinking, you know what? I'm not going to shortchange myself because as good as I was in the first half, I'm going to be better in the second half and it's going to cost them even more. Money. And Paul, you know what happens when you're on winning teams. Everyone comes to the offseason like this. Yes. Their hands out. I'm one it, of the reasons that you, you won 12 games. Yeah. It, I'm one yeah. Of the it, yeah. And it's, and it's going to be, you know, you just look on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Smith. Like him, he's going to think he's a part of it. He's on a one-year deal. There's so many guys, right, the Fabian Rose, and there's a lot of – and everyone's going to have their hand out. That's just how pro sports works. If you win 10, 11, 12 games, and that's, you know, depending on what the organization thinks, maybe not always the case. I Where do you think they're weakest, Paul, uh, on defense? I, I, to me, it's linebacker, those two middle guys. Crowder did, Crowder did not play a lot. Today. Well, look, Crowder was a guy who played every snap to a guy who doesn't get on the field anymore. You know, they have – um you know, McFadden playing now. Right. And, you know, he, he almost had an interception, you know, they're playing him because they think he does more than he's a little, you know, bigger body, a little quicker. They think maybe not quicker than Crowder, you know, so look, he's more, he's more instinctive. I can tell Jalen Smith's doing well, but I don't think the giants are sold on Jalen Smith. I don't think he will be on the team next year. 
So, you know, I mean, they look, there's a weakness somewhere and, and defensive coordinators get paid to kind of mask the, the weakness. This weakness is in the inside linebacker. You know, I mean, look, they cut Blake Martinez. What did that tell you? They didn't think he could do the job. Now he just retired for goodness sakes. Right. How about that? How did, where did that come from? Man, injury coming off an injury. He was a great player like one, two years ago. Yeah. You know, things change in life, right? He had a kid, you get bounced around the league. You hate moving. You look in your bank account, you've made $40 million and you ask yourself, do I want to keep thumping people in the face and waking up every Monday sore? He's a sharp guy. Went to Stanford is into the Pokemon cards, I guess, or something weird, but God bless him. I respect it. You know, um, he, and I think he had 11, I think Paul, you tweeted this out after an 11 tackle game. He said, here's my cleats. I respect the hell out of guys like that, but man, it's war out there. I I know it's hard to, I mean, I was a kicker, but I saw the guys and I see it like what they do every Sunday as a 44 year old guy sitting now watching, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by it. When you don't want to get hit anymore, you can't play. That's all there is to it, you know, or you don't don't, want to hit anyone anymore. Right, right. You know, hit hit or be hit. Look now, when 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 the Giants got rid of him, it was a mutual thing. You know, it was just scheme fit. We still thought it was it was it was scheme fit. And it was it was just I think the Giants sense something was a little off with Blake. You know what I mean? Now, he wasn't the captain anymore. There just was something off. It took him a while to get re-signed. He went to the Raiders. Everyone said that's a good spot with Patrick Graham. Raiders are a good team. Well, the Raiders are not a good team. And Patrick Graham's defense, I think, is is the only team in the league that's blown 17-point leads three times this year. Um, they and lost, lost to Jeff Saturday. And, and lost, right, and lost to, you know, <laughs> right. What a, a story. A, a name of the weak head coach who, uh, you know, was not was not a head Jeez. coach. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, right? Uh, as you mentioned it, Jake, you know, not that long ago when we had Blake Martinez on the Blue Rush podcast, you could have said, Will Blake Martinez be one of these guys that is a giant? You know, they're gonna, you know, he he's the face of the team. He's a captain. He's a good looking guy. You know, they're gonna get good. He's gonna be good. The, the coaching staff loves him. Gone now, retired. Boy, life comes at you fast, doesn't it, man? Especially especially in the NFL. This guy was a friend of the program. Now he's playing bingo on Tuesday nights with Betty Sue at the old person's home. It's an unbelievable. I hope he has a few Charizard holographics if he's a Pokemon card in his in his retirement plans. This defense, you mentioned it. You know, you guys talked about the last show that you did uh, on the preview show on the Blue Rush preview about Xavier McKinney and the ATV accident. We won't go through all that, but this team kind of rallied around him before the game. You saw him kind of hype the guys up. And then you saw one of his replacements, Dane Belton, first career interception, another player on this defense to step up, Lawrence. It's, you know, it's next man up mentality in the NFL. And that's kind of been a, a big story of this giant season. Well, it just goes to show you the quality of draft picks that Joe Shane made this year uh, in that pro personnel college, college uh, scouting. They have, they've picked the right guys, you know, sure. A lot of them are hurt, but Dane Belton is a kid that just comes in and he runs well, you know, people, People may not know this, but, you know, Xavier McKinney was a 4-6 guy. That's slow, right, Paul? By safety standards in the NFL, that's a slow 40 time. He, he's got more instincts and maybe takes better angles. But Dane Belton's a 4-4 guy at 205 pounds. And I knew – I just thought he'd play well. That's why I told people to pump the brakes, give him a shot here. Now, having said that, he did get bailed out on a holding call because that touchdown right before that play – was an unbelievable throw by Davis Mills, first of all. But that was a play that, you know, I I said this to my son watching the game. I said, Xavier McKinney gets over there and bats that down or picks it. 
and he missed it and they scored and obviously it was negated. And then the very next play, he comes right back at him. So kudos to him for getting his interception. Um, I thought it was a good thing. We didn't hear his name a lot today. He wasn't getting torched and, you know, the, now the he, he had two missed plays, right? I think he, you know, he missed the tackle badly on a, a you know, I was it on um, Pierce's 44 yard run. You know, he missed the tackle. He had two negative plays and you say, well, if McKinney's there, those plays get made, you know, likely, likely, you know, he's a, he's a stud player. Next week's going to be his ACT. When you see this Lions team. Yeah. That's going to be, they can throw it all over the yard. And so you're really going to have to defend the pass. This team was sort of one dimensional, if you will, with, with Pierce. So, but listen, he, he came in and, and didn't hurt you. Right. So that's, that's important. And he made a, a really big play. I mean, that was a really big play. The interception stays, stays in bounds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what rookies do. They make mistakes. And then if they can make a big play, so, you know, kudos to him, you know, those safety positions at Iowa, those are really leadership positions. You know, those guys are hybrid linebackers. They're safeties. You know, the Hawkeye defense, whatever they call them, the Hawk. You know, those guys have a lot of responsibility. Belton's a quiet guy. Uh, but look, they were confident in him way back in training camp before he got hurt. He was in line to play a lot. So, you know, he didn't miss much. He came back. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's a promising young player. Boy, they got three darn good safeties. They really do, you know, with McKinney being hurt, obviously. And you guys talked about the key to this game was stopping Damian Pierce. 17 for 94. You'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sundays, Lauren. Hey, real quick on the safeties, Jake, before you move on. We got to shout out Pinnock. Pinnock had a couple sacks or a sack and a half, whatever they ended up giving him. But he flashed a little bit today, right, as a blitzer. So um coverage is not his thing but certainly around the line of scrimmage so i thought he had a pretty cool game and just look what this coaching staff does right we all assume okay this is going to be landon collins right you know he look they he didn't play landon. did he did he, he wasn't active he's he's still on a practice squad he was not act they didn't activate him for the game you know that's a guy who they see well he's a former pro bowl safety yeah but not for this coaching staff and he's playing linebacker for this coaching staff. So we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, does, does he get on the field next week? I don't know. The way the Lions throw the ball, I don't know. Maybe in a hybrid linebacker role in the dime. So, you know, we'll see. But this coaching staff, you know, if you're two and seven, you question everything the coaching staff does, right? Why are they doing? You're seven and two and you say, okay, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, they they buried Darius Slayton early in the season. Oh, but now he's good. They did this with this guy. They do this with this guy. You know, you're seven and two. You, you hit the right buttons. It's, um, you know, they, they, they take this roster and they squeeze it, man. They squeeze it for everything it's got. And you mentioned the coaching staff. I was looking around my apartment for a cigar. I have, you know, little flames to light, no cigar in honor of Brian Dayball, you know, the cigar guy, he had mentioned that when he, uh, his introductory driving up with the truck, it was an empty briefcase. He's honest. He yells. You saw when the Giants had that false start, I believe it was fourth and one. Who did he go over? Paul Yella. Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson. They had the three offensive linemen. Jack Anderson was in the backfield, right? And then he motions up and goes on the line. And Nick Gates was going to play fullback on that play. Yes. And blow somebody's face mask off. I was I couldn't wait to see it. And he jumps. He and did. He and I thought right from that point, Paul, the momentum of this game completely changed. Because then it that was a crappy point after that, right? Yeah. And, and the Scottish Hammer is no longer called the Scottish Hammer. He is called the Scottish Punter because he was not very good. Now, he had a good punt late in the game. But those first two punts, you don't hit a touchback there. And then the second time you get it again, you don't hit a 14-yarder 
and your nickname's the hammer, my ass. What is he trying to do there? Obviously, the touchback, he just it, it you know, it bounced where like inside the five. It was it yeah, was, but kick it to the 15, 12, 8. Don't yeah. The second one, he's clearly just trying he's to trying to it baby up. it. He tried baby to baby it, it. but it, you know, 14 yards. Um not good. Not good. No, no, not good. And then no. another thing on the special teams while I'm on my high horse here is the opening freaking kickoff, the pooch kicks. What are we doing? Thomas McGahee. I love you like a brother. I call you every week. I know, but I'm stuck and still talk about you on our show. What the hell is that? Stop. I need to tell him this week. Text no him more right pooch now. Kicks. No more pooch kicks. But they you know work. what? That was a good kick, wasn't it? It was to like Great the kick. yard line to the right side. So, but they started at the 38 yard line. Yes, they did. After it was that. coverage. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so I just don't like it. And then, then I'm like, well, maybe it's windy. And of course, I never know because I'm watching from home. And then the next two kickoffs, everything Graham hits is five yards out of the end zone. How about we do that? I just, ah. Uh, Oy vey, is that what you say? Is that what you say? Oy vey. Oy vey is good. Oy yeah. Vey. Can you do um, oy vey with a Scottish accent? Let me hear how that would sound. No, nah, I can't. My throat Hey, uh, quick shout out to a fellow Larry, Lawrence Cager, with his first touchdown of his career. Yeah. That shout was out impressive. to the Larrys. Former Jet. He's um he's now what? One behind um Myrick for touchdowns? For well, him and Andrew Thomas are tied for career touchdowns. Hey, look, this coaching staff gets these guys ready to play. You know, I mean, I mean, we can we, we can joke, but the Giants oh, this are, offense misses Bellinger. You agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is, I mean, is he it, back yeah. next week? We think? No, no, no. I don't think so. No. I mean, um, you know, I saw him in the locker room uh, this week. His eye is not all the way back. You know, he's got a steel plate in there. Uh, you know, you can't. He's going to wear a visor probably for the rest of his career once he comes he has back. To, yeah. Um, he said he had some double vision. He, he can't play until he gets rid of that double vision. And look, the plate's got us, you know, the plate's got us. He just was put in. So the Bellinator, that's why I tweeted out that picture. You know, Mark Bavaro would play, but that's another story. Mark Bavaro probably back then wouldn't have come out of the game. They just, he would have put a, he would have, he would have put an eye patch on like a pirate and stayed in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Yeah. He would have looked like a pirate. You guys know how much it costs a pirate to get his ears pierced? Is this a dad joke coming? Yeah. It yeah. is. Uh, uh, something pence, uh, six no, months. No, it's, no, it's a bucket ear. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty that's good. good. I got it. Pretty good. That's a good one. Pretty that's good. good. You get it? That's good. Yeah, that's a good dad joke, Paul. You got to uh, take some notes. That was a good one. What I was talking about is Brian Dayball, because he's the one candidate coach of the year. There's no one else. Robert Sala's on there. Brian Dayball's coach of the year. I wouldn't just say there's no real. one else. Well, but he is at the top of the list, and it, it's no not even remotely close. And he's just a, like a guy you root for. And even after the game, a cute moment where let's shout out his youngest daughter. Happy birthday to his youngest daughter. He said, what does she want? A win. And she said, give me a football with my name on it, dad. And for him to shout that out, that just, you know, warms all my heartstrings that he did that. And he's just uh, he's fun after games. He's honest. He keeps it real. He yells at the guys like he did on the sideline. And it's been working. This is a far cry from the team that kneeled back-to-back times on their own one-yard line, which didn't work out too well for Josh Allen on Sunday. It is a far cry from that coaching staff. And I know Giants fans, we always talk about culture. We're not going to bring it up again. But it's just it's it's a fun coaching staff and an easy one to root for, and they're doing things right there. He is. And, uh, you know, early in the game, he had the aviators on. He's just cool. Like That was so was cool. cool. He's just a cool guy. And obviously he gets after you like he did with the the Jack Anderson guy on a stupid penalty. Those are mental mistakes. You can't have them. And listen, things are going really well. And it's easy to kind of 
you know, this team has not hit that patch yet where you're just like kind of in a rough spot, right? They've lost a game here, lost a game there, but only two. This next, obviously, starting this weekend, I believe, with Detroit, the next five weeks are going to determine their season, in my opinion. It, it gets really tough. And the Lions are not a layup. They are not the Houston Texans. No, they're not. I got an email uh, last week. You know, I get all these emails for, you know, betting things and, you know, this analytics. And it was something about, I don't know if you guys saw the sexiest NFL coaches. Okay. Brian Dable was second. Oh, yeah. Dave. I agree. My doppelganger. Yep. No, no. I mean, and I, well, who was, I'm trying to think who, who was first. Um, It was not Sean McVay. It was, um, you know, I'm drawing a blank on who was first. You give me some sexy NFL coaches. It wasn't Robert. I Sons. haven't thought about oh, this. It, it, have. it, it was Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury. Kingsbury was number one. That's accurate. Yeah, and and Gable was number two. And I'm thinking. Dad bods are in, Paul. He's got, he's chubby. He's the thick tail. That is not it's, a dad bod. That is uh, a little bit extra. It's no, like, it's not a dad bod. He's, he's got, you know, he's, he's a chunky guy, but he's, he's ready. Not, Let's just say he's ready for winter. Yeah. <laughs> You know what the fans are saying? He's the greatest fat guy since Biggie in New York. And I agree. At seven and two, man. At seven and two, that look is sexy. You know, at two and seven. It looks great. No good. Everything looks great. Everything looks great. Seven and two, man. Everything looks great. Star, aviator glasses. Yep. It all looks great. So much swag. Yeah. I've got I got tweets that I look like him and I take it as a compliment. Really? He's job beer. Yeah. I've gotten, Yeah. yeah, a similar. He's got a little bit better of a beard, but. Maybe so when we get him on the show, we're going to have to tell him. I'm going to have to put a headset and Ray-Bans on and like try to get my beard kind of like his, and Mm -hmm. we'll do a a side-by-side. He's got a good beard. We'll close with this. NFC East is interesting now, guys. The Giants are in second place to 72. The Cowboys, thanks to Mike McCarthy's ineptitude, not going for a field goal. They lose. They're 6-3. and The Eagles will play the Commanders Monday night. They're 8-0. The division is probably, it's up for grabs still. We expect the Eagles to probably win this division. Your New York Giants are the five seed right now. Season ended today. They would go to Tampa to face the surging Tom Brady and the Bucks playing over in Munich. How about that was a cool little moment coming home, playing, or are they singing John Denver? Yeah, West uh, Virginia. West Take Virginia. That was fun. But this is this playoff race is very intriguing. Your Giants are the five seed right now in its second place, and division is still up for grabs. It This is going to be a fun uh, last eight games, Lawrence. Yeah, so we'll get to watch the Eagles and and Washington Commanders go at it tomorrow. It's a big game. It's never an easy game for either team. So, yeah, everything the, the story is going to be told here in the next two months, guys. This this conference, this division is tough. We'll see what the Giants are really made of. I, I believe in them, though. I believe they can make some noise. I mean, they're seven and two. It's a great record. You know, there's there's five co- division games left to go. It really guarantees at least. I mean, really, the rest of the season, unless they completely fall off the face of the earth, are going to be every game we're going to come on and say, this is a really big game. You, you've already mentioned the line, really big game. Oh, then the, the Thanksgiving at the Dallas, really big game. It's a whole season of really big games now. That's the that's what you get when you go seven and two, as opposed to the last five years, where at this point there were virtually no big games. So Giant fans should really embrace this because really the sweetest seasons are the ones that you don't see coming. And nobody saw this coming. So it's great. I mean, it, it's great for Giant fans. It's great to cover. It's great to talk about. It's just, you know, it, it's it's a delightful season that we didn't see or anticipate. And um, look, I mean, until it goes south, it's still going north. It's the best year of Blue Rush. The ratings are through the roof on the Blue Rush podcast this season. And this Detroit game is big because you looked at the schedule. The Cowboys, a decent commander team, the 8-1 and one Vikings on the schedule. Jeff Saturdays. Colts with Matt Ryan at quarterback in the second to last week in the last game at MetLife Stadium. Eagles to close the year. There's some tough games. So beating Detroit 
And getting an eight and two is very important before that Thanksgiving game. Well, the Giants are seven and two. Great coaching. Great win. Saquon Barkley. Hell of a day. He's going to get the game ball across the board. And the Scotsman will close out this episode of Blue Rush next. Congratulations. It is not easy to win in this league. And we made enough plays, 60 minutes like we talked about, to win another game. No, nah, man, way to fight out there, man. Hey, this is what it's going to take. Us playing for each other, us being here for each other, and, never, and believing in each other, man. Giants on three. One, two, three. Giants. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that says cheerio to episode 123 of Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harris for producing the show. And thanks to our Tri-State Cadillac dealers for presenting this episode. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch full episodes of Blue Rush. For Paul Schwartz, Jake Brown, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Thursday to preview Big Blue's matchup against the Lions. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, you filthy animals. Oh, eBay is good, <laughs> oh, yeah. <eBay. laughs>